Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Higher Future. I'm UB Simignetti, and as always, I'm here with Dr. Nicole Gravagna. Hello, Doc. Hi, UB. Who are we talking <laughs> with today? So we are going to have a great discussion. Um, it, this is one a, a type of discussion we really... We haven't gone this deep before in what we're going to talk about, and so we're really excited. So Tom Beekbane, welcome. Uh, Tom is I- an independent thinker and author whose new book called How to Understand Everything, Consilience, A New Way to See the World, very light reading, um, is it, it, there's just, it's, we're going to get into it because it's, it's fascinating stuff. But first of all, Tom, welcome. How are you? Hi. Glad to be here. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to I'm going to hand the reins over to Nicole for the most part because she is very excited and she's got this whole thing lined up. So here we go. Sit back and enjoy. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I would like to understand what happened with Tipsy the cat. So in your book Tipsy the cat is in your bedroom, you're a small child. Go for it. Okay. There. Yeah, that, that I started with a little anecdote. Um, because I, I was a complete nerd, even when I was young, I loved science, uh, and, and I was an introvert. So I'd disappear into my bedroom as some small boys do. And, uh, in, in my bedroom, I had a, a microscope and I'd look at drops of pond water, see the little paramecium and flagellates swimming around. Uh, and I had shelves full of books and I, I loved my books on science, particularly these big picture books that I had that showed like pictures of atoms that look like billiard balls with different shells and um and 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 that part of the 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 anecdote is actually true but uh i i made it a fanciful anecdote because in order to understand consilience you've you've got to step away from all of the traditional ways of thinking about the world uh we use words to describe things and we use scientific theories in, in order to make sense of gravity and, and, and the, the motion of particles and, and, and the pressure of gases and so on. But I say in, in order to understand natural systems, in order to understand people and societies, you, you've got to understand what's happening in the brain. And, and strange as it seems, the brain doesn't operate using information and words. We, we create words with our mouths and, and, and by writing, but in order to understand what's happening in the brain and, and, and further than that, how we behave with each other and communicate, you've got to step away from thinking uh, top down, as I call it. Does, does that make sense? And so in, in order to understand the world, you've got to cut everything apart into its constituent little pieces. And so that's why I, um, I, I, I got my scissors out and cut tipsy into a, a paste-like nothingness along with the curtains and the books. And, and a lot of people have expressed a, a, extreme disquiet about uh, <laughs> the fate of Tipsy, but in actual fact, Tipsy, I think no, no cats Tipsy and I hurt. were very good friends. <laughs> no cats were hurt in the writing of this book, from what I understand. It is, it is simply a metaphor for how to understand what you're talking about here, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that I'd love to have some fun with, and I hope your game is in terms of understanding uh, what we think about every day. So uh, UB and I, we think about hiring, the hiring process, but really what we get into is, is just how hard a problem 
evaluating another person really is. And it's something that we talk about on this podcast sometimes, and we, we definitely talk about it in the office. And, and we think about, oh, we're going to hire, we're going to do an interview process, we'll find the best person and, and we'll hire them and, and it's done. Um, but the process of evaluating another person is very challenging for a bunch of different reasons. And so although you are not an expert in hiring, I would like to bounce off of you the things that we think about in terms of consilience and in terms of the things that you came up with in your book. So here we go. One of the things that a, a lot of your book is devoted to is tribalism. And I suspect that this comes up quite a bit in, uh, in, in our challenges with evaluating people. And so what does it mean in the book and, and how do you think that it, it has an effect on the way that people evaluate others? I, I'm going to start out by going really deep on this right away. Uh, okay, the, um, the traditional way that people think of the human mind is that it's something that uh, evolved quite recently, two or three million years, in the last two or three million years. Um, but, the, but the more we understand about genetics and, and the way genes are expressed, the more it's become clear that the brain of humans operates essentially uh, similarly to the brains of um, other animals. Uh, and, and so the, the idea that the human brain operates using logic and reason and words does, doesn't actually hold true with the, the biology. Uh, and why this is important is because like from the get-go, like from 600 million years ago or, or, or more, the, the purpose of the, the uh, of neural systems is is for the animal to move very quickly, either away from something that is is uh, threatening or towards something that it might eat or like, and the, the the human brain actually operates using that same basic mechanism, mm -hmm. and that's the reason you know, we, we make instant judgments about everything. You know, is this person with me or are they against me? Uh, is, is this something I like or dislike? I, yes or no, or left wing or right wing or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And so um, we're never going to get away from that because that's simply how our brain works. Now, when I use the term tribe, I mean it, um, I mean it in its broadest sense in that we are interacting with people all the time through the day and whoever you're with uh, it tends to be either you know in, in your tribe or, or not in your tribe and, and 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 the same person can go in and out of your tribe um, I, I use the example of playing tennis I love playing tennis and the person who's in my tribe is the person who's playing with me playing doubles with me at that moment and so the, the human brain has this incredible uh, uh, ability to, to, to switch tribes and, and you can look at someone uh, in a fraction of a second and, and, and determine that they're evil and they're, uh, they're against you. And then, you know, a few moments later after chatting with them, you realize, oh, okay, they're actually, they're actually nice and, and they're not a threat. And so, you know, when, when you, when you're in a situation, I suppose, like hiring or, or interacting with anyone, you know, my, my whole idea is that you've, you've got to learn to see beyond your 
instant reactions mm. and that's very difficult to do and and I, I suppose that's that's what your technologies help with yeah i mean um it, it, the challenge here is is that it, it is if you've never met someone from a different group that you know maybe has a different background it's almost impossible to evaluate whether or not that background is useful in your context and mm -hmm. and so it becomes really difficult to do anything more than in my tribe or not in my tribe and that's that tends to be the only evaluation that we get through Mm -hmm. um, thank you for taking that back to the science that is, I'm sure, helpful for a lot of people to, mm -hmm. to think through. Another piece I'd like to ask you about is about uh, formal education or traditional education and how this might show up in, in the evaluation of others, especially in the hiring process. Okay. You're talking to someone who... Um is very divided about uh, education because I, I love academics. I love reading their books. Uh, I'm, I'm deeply respectful of academic, acad what, what academia does. At the same time, I've been running companies for 35, 40 years. And, and I found paradoxically that very often when I'm hiring for a marketing position, the more educated someone is, the the harder it is to deal with them. They they become uh, arrogant and unemployable. And so, in 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 many regards, I I prefer hiring someone uh, for marketing positions who isn't classically educated, but they are extremely inquisitive and they have all the characteristics of someone who wants to work with people and get things done and can take criticism and enjoys doing what they do. So, um, yeah, so, so just because someone has a PhD, Nicole, <laughs> doesn't mean to say able to do the job. Having said that, uh, having a PhD shows that you know you you can think and you can write and you can converse and you can uh, work with people so some of us not all of us <laughs> <laughs> see this plays you know, well for my this plays well in my favor because i i had a, a biology degree for a bachelor's in science and biology and that that was it and i didn't want to go to any more school and here i am the chief marketing officer of interview IA, no, no classical, classical training in any of this, right. It's mostly experiential and, you know, the different pathways yeah. that somehow led me here. Yeah. Can, can I make the observation that it's been interesting seeing the types of people that have really appreciated reading my book mm. um, mm -hmm. because my book doesn't fit into any of the existing silos it, it 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 smashes the divisions between silos and and that that's very deliberate on my part because i don't believe that history is separate from geography is separate from physics is separate from biology you know in yeah. when you're running a, a a marketing company and you're you're dealing with all of these different companies all of the different realms artistic and musical and and and, and literary uh, and managerial and analytical and program, they all have to fit together 
and and so the the people that have really uh, found my book valuable have been uh, folk who have an open mind and are lifelong learners because they don't respect those barriers either. Uh, I, I can't say that my my book is ever going to be accepted in academic circles because um, because it's critical of academia it's it's critical of the academic institutions and oh. and 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 it's also critical of what it's doing to our, our young children uh, and not so young children right now and and so uh, I, I doubt that I'm going to get accolades from any but the most free thinking <laughs> academics. <laughs> I, it must be interesting to get feedback from your readers because you do cover so much ground in terms of, um, you know, everything from business, deep science. You, you bring in quite a few chapters of deep science. You get into um, sociology, you get into history. And and so there there's quite a bit of something for everyone I it makes me think of that game trivial pursuit and in, in that you have yeah. to be a little bit good at all the things to win because you have to get the pie in every different category and and so um it my my guess is that you have some pretty interesting conversations with readers do you have any that you could share yeah I, I do um I, I'm I mean what what I find quite interesting is that uh readers find different parts of the book resonant. So some people say they're not interested in, in the, the marketing and business parts. Other people say they, that they found the, the science heavy going. Um, some people they say they, they find the religion and the sociology and the history not terribly interesting. But, um, but, but I, I, every day or two, I get a heartfelt memo, uh, email from someone somewhere in the world who says that the book has been like, like transformatory for them, transforming because it, it's helped them pull together all of these different threads in their life that, um, that were previously disconnected. So uh, last week I, I got a lovely letter from someone in, in Denver, the, the week before from someone in Texas, you know, who was a, a, a a software consultant. Um, uh, I guess earlier this week, from from a, a person in uh, uh, in Chicago, who was doing some retraining and is back in college, but uh, was a, a, a bodybuilder and and worked in a gym. And and I, I could read you these 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 emails, and and they're 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 they're, they're they're heart-wrenching because they're well they're so so encouraging so positive and um and and, and it, it makes me feel oh okay well it was worth spending a year of my life writing this book <laughs> on the other hand i've sent yeah. the book to various academics and i can't get them to even read the, <laughs> the, the opening paragraphs yeah, it was it was a fascinating thing for me to to read through it as you know i've spent time in academic research I, i'm a neuroscientist I, I worked in venture capital i've started my own businesses i now work in software development um so clearly i've touched a lot of things too and it i do love when there is literature that 
covers a lot of ground and can help those of us who don't identify as one subject mm. matter expert or another subject matter expert. I, I don't feel like I am a venture capitalist. I don't feel like a scientist. I don't feel like a whatever. Um, it, it does feel nice that there is a place for, for people who can you know, talk about lots of things. And I suppose that brings us back to the tribalism again. It's like, yeah. oh, can I, can I just ask Nicole, because, um, you know, I've, I've uh, scoped you out on, on LinkedIn and, and you have a very diverse background. Did, did you find that your, uh, your, your academic side w was divorced from your business side and, 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 and other aspects of your personal life? Uh, have you found that they were, there were disconnections that you're wanting to, to, to get when, to eliminate? When I left academic research and, and found myself in business, it was like growing a third arm and mm. I didn't know what to do with it. It was like a weird arm that now had functions that I couldn't control. And I, I of course couldn't stop thinking like a scientist because it was what I was trained to do for so long. And I still do, I, everything I do, I think like a scientist, but um, within, in now any field. And so that has been an interesting way to, to bring value to different people. It has been a challenge though, to get hired. Um, I've ended up spending a lot of time in, ac or in uh, entrepreneurship, building my own businesses because of the bias of, you know, if you have this degree, you must be this kind of person and we don't know mm -hmm. what to do with you here. And therefore, you know, we can't make sense of you. And so um, I, I think academia doesn't do people favors for all kinds of reasons. It's, it's interesting that, you know, with this degree, I now have a stamp on me that people expect certain things or expect me to not be capable of certain things because of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think that that brings up an interesting conversation we had had about intelligence. I mean, as it relates to hiring, what, do, what are your thoughts on that, Tom, as far as how we use that and maybe erroneously <laughs> as, it, as it relates to hiring? Yeah, well, I, 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 I have a, a chapter towards the end of the book called Good Morning and Mean It. Uh, and what it's about is how I believe the education system hasn't, and when I, when I say educational system, I'm, I'm talking about sort of secondary and tertiary, like, you know, late teens and, and, mm -hmm. and, and university education. And, I, and I'm generalizing horribly here because obviously they're different institutions and different courses, different professors, and some of them do an astonishingly, uh, an astonishing job. But um, I, I, be, I believe that academia, broadly speaking, hasn't been doing a, a very good job because they miss the, because we haven't understood how the brain works. It's as simple as that. And, and, we, and, and if you imagine that the brain is like a computer that processes information and you've got to shovel all this, this information in, into a, a person's head in order to civilize them and and, and, and sort of help them operate and navigate through life, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't actually help. It, does, it doesn't work. It, it, it teaches them, um, well, it doesn't teach them any useful skills, I, I guess, apart from memorizing stuff, which doesn't really come in, 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 in 
it's not much use these days. Because it teaches them you think that they're not civilized unless they have this information. Yeah. And, and so good morning and mean it, mean it is, is, is all about how uh, for older kids, they should be taught skills and they should be taught just this one thing, which is how to get up in the morning and say good morning and mean it. Uh, because in order to hmm. get up and say good morning and mean it, you've got to feel good. You've got to feel confident. Mm -hmm. You've you've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to understand what what people are saying around you. And when you say good morning, I mean there are, there are lots of different ways of saying it. <laughs> um, and 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 if you can say it uh, in a way that that people know that you're feeling confident and that you have skills to navigate through life and that you, you know you might get beaten up every now and again but that shouldn't worry you and and so um anyway going back to the the intelligence thing and iq uh if you imagine that the the brain is is like a computer sort of a, a modular device that processes it processes information iq would be a reasonable proxy for uh how effective you are going to be as as a person and an adult and an employee um and i believe that we are so much more complicated than that in fact in, in fact, that, that, that whole metaphor of how our brains work, I, and I don't even like talking about a brain as a separate organ because that's, that, that's misleading. So uh, IQ is, is a, it's a horrible idea in my view. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and in another 50 or 100 years, we're gonna look back and, and we're gonna th think of it like phrenology, you know, which is like evaluating bumps on, on your head. You know, as as being <laughs> a, a measure of your your personality tra traits, uh, it, it it it's a it 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 does so many people a disservice, um, yeah. particularly people who are good um, with their hands and making things and 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 drawing things and painting and being creative. I mean, I, you 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 can't t test those things with with an mm. IQ test. Mm -hmm. um so anyway simple answer yeah. they're awful <laughs> they're awful well it, it it's interesting because it now it has me because we we talk about the bias code and we talk about how our brains you know how, how we essentially through our experiences um and the things that we shove into our brains you know from textbooks or just through our senses sort of codes into us and creates our biases. Um, but this is such a, you know, an eye-opening perspective uh, because you're, you're right, we're not computers. Computers, you, you code and then they act upon that code, right? So, so it's like you're creating directives, um, but that's not us. I mean, you know, I, I could, I could learn close. all the things in the world. It's not even close. I, no. I, there, I'm not RoboCop, right? You know, the prime directive, he had three directives and he had to live by those. But guess what? The human side of him took over and broke all of those prime directives, right? So it's like, it, that's the, the point. Yeah, I love that, that, that distinction. And now it makes 
Nicole and I want to change our trainings a little bit and how we talk about it because it is. And, and that's what I loved. You know, you had sent us this 20 minute video that you just released. Um, that's sort of kind of summarizing a lot of, a lot it explains of, consciousness, which is consciousness. Been a mystery for two or 3000 years. And I said, no, it's not a mystery at all. It, yeah. it can be understood bio biologically. No, no one's actually pushed back against me. Um, so I'm waiting for, right. uh, I'm waiting for people to say, well, that, that you, you've got this crazy idea about consciousness. And, and, and I would welcome a anyone who has a, a contradictory viewpoint. But, but anyway, that, yeah, that, that's consciousness explained. If you Google it, you'll find it somewhere. It's, it's fascinating because it, it starts with going back to what you said, how, you know, we either run from or run towards something, right? Like that was sort of the earliest evolution or, you know, creation or, or example of consciousness um, is, is having that decision. It's remote to make. sensing. It's remote sensing yeah. that, that you can do with your eyes and your ears. Right. Skin. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there's just so much yeah. to learn about. I don't know. There's Nicole, we got a lot of work to do <laughs> to, to help people just even hire better. <laughs> no, that was the, that was what I was hoping to get out of this. And thank you, Tom, for making it very clear that being able to evaluate what we're looking at, um, be it a piece of art, an object, our own dinner, whether or not we liked it, or especially another human is a very hard yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's okay to have help. You know, I think, I, I, I think the reason, you know, it's time you said this before we started, you know, hiring is very important to an organization, but yet it's something that we haven't tried to fix um, ever. Right. And I think Nicole, you were making that point, right. That it, it's, why haven't we tried to fix hiring before? Yeah. Well, I, I, I write in my book how human beings are deeply uh, social to, to extents that have never been appreciated. Uh, you, you, you take a human away from uh, others and, and it, it affects the neuropeptides that, that are suffused throughout the brain. I mean, you, you, you can see, see the signatures of social deprivation, you know, not just in a few little spots and, and um, hmm. various researchers are, are realizing that social deprivation is, 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 is as serious as, as food deprivation and hunger. Sure. And, um, and, and at the same time, there's, there's nothing more profoundly uh, rewarding, at least in my view, um, uh, than, than working together as a team and, and achieving something and going somewhere. And, and so in order to do that, uh, you, you need the, the technologies and, and the knowledge to put the right people together. And when you do that, you, you get this, this, magical, this magical dynamic where people want to go to work in the morning and say good morning and mean it. And <laughs> mean it. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're not, you're not going to bribe people to enjoy themselves by giving them, you know, a, a fat paycheck. It, it, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so may, maybe this is the, the dawn of, um, a, a, you know, a better way of, of putting teams together. 
So I, I love this. It, it's yeah. the future of work, like the banner I see, it's instead of golden handcuffs, just paying people more to make them stay, create an environment where people can say good morning and mean it. Hmm. There you go. I, I think I trademarked that term though, Nicole. So we're gonna have to pay for it. <laughs> Fair enough. It's worth it. That's the tweet. That's the tweet. Just just for you. Just for you. <laughs> just for you, an interview IA. Yes, thank you. Well, Tom, this has been uh so enlightening. Thank you for this conversation. Um, you know, thank you for the information. We'll uh we'll we'll share out you know, links to everything so that everybody can get the same, you know, have the same experience that we've had. So thank you very, very much. We're done already. I I wanted to go on for another. I know. We'll have you back. We'll, we'll see when, when you hit a thousand readers, we'll, we'll have you back for, uh, (laughs) to discuss the impact again at 2000 and and then then in 2003. Yeah. It's been a delight. So, um, yeah, I hope your company does very, very well and, and you, Thank you transform work workplaces as, as I think you wish to do. Absolutely. Now, thank you. Thanks and thank so you, much. everybody. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And thank you all for continuing to, to tune in to A Higher Future. Um, check it out. We've got uh, a lot of great guests who've been on and who are coming. So we look forward to, to seeing you soon. Take care.